Start telling your girls that something is coming that is going to change everything. I just started telling them. And then he kept adding to it. And so I said, something's coming that's going to change everything. So much so that when you girls, when you're 66 years old and you're rocking your grandkids and talking to them about Jesus, you're going to point back to this time frame when everything changed for you. I, I told him every month, January 2019, February, March, April, May, and I pulled my girls aside and I apologized to them. And I said, hey, um, I missed it. You know, I thought I was hearing God, that something was coming that was going to change everything. And I said, and here we are at the end of 2019 and everything hasn't changed the way God told me it was going to. So please forgive me. And then fast forward to uh, March and, you know, President Trump makes the announcement that we're getting ready to do a lockdown. And the Lord says, do you remember what you told your girls all last year? And I said, yeah. And he said, this is that. Guess what? They were like, what? I said, God just spoke to me. And he said that this, what, whatever's coming, this is that, what I told you all in 2019. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I'm like, no, he just told me that this is that, whatever this is, is coming. It, this is the season. And, and they're just like, oh, okay, what's for lunch? Welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. God is preaching a sermon to the world through people's lives. People's experience, history, and testimonies all point to some amazing attribute of God that you too can experience. I interview revolutionaries, fire starters, and troublemakers. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life. A voice that says with God you can and with God you will step into the abundant life. So let's get rolling. Hey, today on The Kindling Fire, you guys are in for a treat. Uh, this is Joseph White. He is a friend and also previous podcast guest, I think twice now. So I would consider you a podcast veteran guest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's he uh, such a great story. So I know Joseph because uh, we were going to a Sean Bowles event in 2000 something, 18, 19, something like that. And we just happened to be back of a, back of a friend's truck, Stephen Scoggins, who's also been on the show. And uh, he just had such incredible, miraculous stories. I was like, who is this guy from Danville, Virginia? And uh, we ended up having a podcast. It was super fun. It was actually the top podcast uh, for that year. Uh, just so many amazing stories. It's called Everyday Miracles. You can look it up. I wish I could, if I was really good, I'd tell you the episode, but I don't know what it is. It's 40, 50, I don't know. Some, go look it up. Everyday Miracles, Joseph White. And, uh, and then he's come on again just to kind of share his story. So today we're going to celebrate and dig into a new book that you just released called uh, Discerning God's Guidance. So uh, I think I'll stop monologuing and congratulations and tell us a little bit more about your, who you are and what you do. And I, I guess I've already covered where you live. Yeah. Well, like I said, Joseph White and from Danville, Virginia, lived here basically my whole life. My short story is I live on the same street and in the same houses as my parents, grandparents, and great-grandparents. I'm back, oh actually, original homestead, and it's the house I grew up in. So uh, a lot of precious memories, and I uh, truly love Danville. 
And I met my wife, Tricia, at Liberty University while we were in college and got married. Now we have three life-changing daughters and one grandchild. So that's super exciting. Yeah, and but, you are uh, you are an executive pastor uh, too, right? Yes, here at the Life Church in Danville, Virginia, and uh, started back in September after le- being a part of a church here in Danville for 22 years. Yeah, God just had a new assignment for me, so it's been awesome. So I am so excited. I love the book title. Uh, um, uh, oh gosh, I just forget God's guidance. What did I? What's the book title? Yeah. Uh, discerning discerning god's guidance because boy (laughs) do i need it and i don't think i'm the only one like if anybody out there has had uh i did an episode of podcast called hearing god adventures and it was all about mistakes i'd made thinking i'd heard god uh it's quite a funny episode if you're into that uh, my mistakes that is um but (laughs) uh, discerning god's guidance like that is a big topic and i really want to um I read through it. It's amazing stories in the book about how God has directly guided you. And I would definitely encourage you guys to get the book. I think it's on Amazon, isn't it? It is. Okay. Awesome. And so, so here's, here's, I'm going to, I'm going to throw you I'm not going to throw you a softball. This is a fast pitch right out of the gate. You ready? Uh, I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) We're friends, man. I'm going to, I'm going to just throw you right in the deep end. We're going to go right to the crux. Okay. So here's here's the question. In reading your book, one of the things that jumped out at me was that there were times when you felt like God had guided you and it got you in trouble with your wife. Yes. And um and so it seemed like God had was leading or speaking and then when you kind of presented it to your wife, it wasn't like, yeah, that's God. That's great. Let's do it today. And so <laughs> So, so I have a little bit, I have a little bit of experience in that problem or whatever, that dynamic. And I would really love to hear from you. How has the Lord taught you about his guidance and also being united with your wife? And when those things maybe are are misbalanced or there's a timing issue, like any guidance in that space, I'll take notes. Okay. So, so that's, that's really one of the huge questions I, w- I wanted to ask you. Wow. Yeah, that, that's, that is a, yeah, thank you very little for that <laughs> to be on the first question. Bro, I told you, man, I just, we're going right for it. Oh man, going for the jugular. You know, uh, one, my wife is absolutely amazing. She grew up uh, as a missionary kid in Brazil. So she been part of five church plants there. So she's been through it and, you know, hearing God's voice and, you know, really, you know, submitting to what he's saying. But uh, in, in the book, there were some times in which God, I felt through very, very creative. And at that point in my life, it was some massive and I guess the word unprecedented repetition was coming at me. Mm. You know, and talking with her, I would, I would, I'm going, if this came to you in this way, what would you feel like you had to do? Yeah. And just to be clear, this, I think was a call to leave the church, right? Or leave your job. Yes. Leave my church, 
uh, with um, nothing lined up. Yeah. In any way. And no money in the bank. So before we go much further, all the listeners and myself, we all have sympathy, right? If the Lord calls you to do that, like we're all (laughs) like, thank God he called you, right? No. (laughs) But jokes aside, like, I mean, so it was, it was not trivial, right? It's not like, Hey, I think we should buy a red truck instead of a blue one. Right. You know, it's, oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Big deal. Yeah. Very for me. And especially for her, because once again, she uh, at this season when these unprecedented creative, you know, things kept coming at me, my wife was extremely sick. And I mean, bedridden for weeks and uh, at times months and was on multiple medications. Mm -hmm. And so to step out with no money lined up, you know, that that fear of one security but then two, hey, what about my medicine? And yeah. I'm going, hey, uh, don't worry, God's gonna provide. <laughs> and she's like, uh huh. <laughs> you know, so uh, ultimately, I did take time to show her, uh, you know, every step of the way. You know, I think I showed you last time. Uh, I I put all my things that I feel like God's highlighting to me in my, in a folder and I date it. And so I just took time each time that I felt like something was coming and I would try to show it to her and go, honey, I don't know what else to do other than to step out and do this. Mm. And once again, because of her background and, you know, her parents doing what they did in Brazil, you know, she had a, a significant enough foundation to, even though she wasn't excited about it, even though she would choose to have done it differently, you know, she ultimately just pretty much said, well, okay. Um, I, you know, Over please time excited about this and I would not do it this way. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, and, and that, what you just described, like, was that a one week process? Was that a three month process? Was that a six month process? Like, when did it go how long was it before she kind of said, and I know from this, the book, there was one or two instances that really kind of sealed the deal, right? Yeah. God kind of came through. And this is kind of the, the crux of why I'm asking. It's sort of like you, you're getting a sense of God's guidance, and then you feel like you're getting hung out to dry with your wife. Yes. And you're like, God, why are you doing this to me? Like, if you're going to guide me, like, do the fireworks so there's no problem right? Do make it so evidently clear to everybody involved, my kids, my, my wife, my neighbor, my, so I don't look like a fool and like Noah building a boat and it like, what the heck are you doing? That's right. Yeah. And so I'm sorry, I, you're probably not going to give the ultimate answer for that, but you've done it. You've experienced it. So, so things that you've learned along the way, Cause I know God fin- uh, finally did kind of, there was some, I can't even remember what the event was, but it kind of sealed the deal for like, okay, God's in this. Yeah. A, a guy came from out of town, uh, texted me and said, Hey, are you going to be in town to, at your house today? I said, yes. And he drove over an hour and he arrived at, in our driveway. And he said, the Lord told me to come to your house today and give you this. And so when I opened it, he said, I want you to read the memo first. And the memo said five loaves and two fish. 
Hmm. And he said during his devotions, he was reading about Jesus feeding uh, with the five loaves and two fish. And so he wrote me a check for $5,200. And at that point, uh, we had not had money come in for multiple months. And so the utilities were getting ready to get cut off. I was not, I didn't know how I was going to buy Trisha's medicine. And he shows up and does that. And so she comes out and I say, can you please tell her the story? <laughs> and so he tells her the story. And when he left, she looked at me and said, um, I will no longer uh, fight you on living this way. Yeah. And, and just to be clear, and I've had the benefit of reading the book, guys, you got to get this book. It's it's his life, you know, it's a story of faith, but that the duration from the call to, to leave and to walk by faith in a very radical way with a lot at stake to you obeying it to that day was probably what? Eight, eight months? months at least. Ooh. Wow. That was a good guess. <laughs> and so, um, so if you want to know the, the details, you, you got to get the book because it's incredible details. And there's a lot of things that God was doing in your family and you personally, and a lot of things that would build foundations for your future, but kind of back to that, kind of br bringing us back to that uh, a little bit more of a macro level. Do you have any insight into why the Lord might um, create a scenario like that where maybe your wife is is not on board right from the beginning and or, or not like 100% on board maybe 10% or maybe 15% you know so i'm just trying to understand that dynamic cuz i don't think it's unique to you or me yeah you know as far as you know why would he allow that to occur that way hmm. I, I think for me as i'm looking back he he wanted us to truly become one yeah. just like you know father son and holy spirit and uh and he wanted me to prefer her and he wanted her to prefer me mm. <laughs> and and what's beautiful is now with even this step of faith though i had a you know an income to look forward to it was another massive step of faith to come here where i'm at now yeah. And, but we are, we were in such unity and we are walking in a oneness now that we have never walked mm. in. And so in Trisha's testimony, if she were sitting right here with me, is that it was through that process of learning to trust the Lord and learning to trust the Lord through me. And so, you know, meaning I'm failing, she's seen me mess up big time. And yet kind of that Peter passage where it says, you know, if that believing wife will just submit to the husband, even if he's an unbeliever, God's going to protect her. She, she grew through, through that process. And I did too, and learning to honor her. And, you know, it, it's just been a, it's just been a life changing. I mean, my, my girls look at me and they're going, dad, you are so not the same person <laughs> for wow. the, for the better. And, um, so, and the same thing, you know, they see our marriage now and we are having so much fun. We 
are laughing together, tickling each other, you know, going out on dates, looking forward to texting each other. You see what I'm saying? But yeah. during that season, we weren't. I mean, it was a challenging season because I'm trying to obey and I'm trying to hear. I'm trying to experience God in all these new ways. And I'm scratching my head while she's in the bed. I'm going, Lord, what is this? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I felt like it was three steps or two steps forward and three steps back. I felt like I was always behind and missing it. And uh, because of the conflict that we were experiencing. Yeah. But Did the Lord ever give you insight into that? I mean, that that is incredible. Like what you're describing, beautiful, right? I mean, it sounds like you've gotten to a point in your marriage. And these were years ago. This was like, what, 12 years ago, roughly? Yeah, we, 2010. Yeah, started. about 12 years ago. So you've gotten to a point, you know, to where there's such, there's such a unity there, right. And, and, a, and a solidity, if that's a word, uh, between you in this far as like how God has wired both of you, maybe how God will guide both of you. And that's a beautiful thing. And I think yes. the thing that I'm trying to expose or tease out or understand is, you know, God, uh, it, it my understanding is that it seems like God will put you through trial intentionally and through faith, you will get to the point where all the scriptures talk about trials under trial, and then you'll, you know, grow perseverance and then you'll grow character and then you'll grow this and you'll grow that and you'll grow that. And, and it's always been a mystery to me. And I've always kind of felt like the Lord was like, are you setting me up? Like what's going on here? Cause it feels like a setup. <laughs> like, is, is there really good intended here? Cause I feel, I don't know that like I I'm being sincere. I'm really trying to follow you. And then I do. And then like all heck breaks loose. And I'm like, yeah. Lord, how is this your will? Right. That's right. And, and that's the, that's the, that's the piece that, um, you know, any kind of insight and encourage, does that sound even close to what you've experienced and what you're, what kind of what you've walked through? Yeah. I, you know, I guess for me, the one thing, and it may, I may be going in a different, totally different direction, mm -hmm. but what I love about looking back is that my my three daughters got to experience some of the worst of the worst in relational conflict mm. while trying to obey God mm. and now and they've seen us content like the caterpillar to the butterfly they they are seeing us in love and we like each other. They, they've seen this transformation in living color, and they've seen all. They've seen everything firsthand. Yeah. And wow. they're reading the book, and we're talking about it as a family, and they are so blown away and believing God for even more now. Oh, and so, yeah. to me, I'm just super excited for them because they're you know they're just starting out. Yeah. So. I'm uh, you know, that's one, one of the big things that comes to my mind. 
Well, I can relate to that as being a dad and, and having walked through some, some dark days and difficult days, family wise, um, trying to follow God, also not following God, like a mixture of all of it. Right. And, And being able to, um, see the aha moments with my children saying, wow, God really has done a lot in our home unbeknownst to us. We didn't have visibility to it. We didn't even know this was going on. Wow. God is real. And it's really made the reality of God, not the, the idea of, yeah, this is kind of what our family's into, but no, like God intervened and God has rescued and God has saved and God has helped and God has brought grace where there was needed at times that it was needed. And they, they've kind of now been able to see and look back and be like, wow. (laughs) So I can relate to that. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the cool. They've heard so many, you know, they've, they've grown up in a Christian school. And so they, you know, hear missionaries have all these stories, but they have lived some of the extreme stories. I remember one time, and this is not in the book, but we, we were completely 100% out of money Mm. and we had no paper. And like I said, we had no toilet paper. Yeah. And we, uh, some reason everybody was tired. They took a nap and we woke up and there was massive, uh, multiple rolls from Sam's club sitting out on our front porch, which no one goes to the front porch. So no one rang the doorbell. No one, we don't, we have no clue how it got there, but that was just a miracle for them to experience. How how long were you in that, that kind of what I would call radical faith state? Like how long did that last? Um, As far as not, you know, working for money, Right. I think it was 17, 17 months. 17 months. Okay, so almost two years. And in a lot of what the book is testifying is, look what God did. Yes. And that 17 months of, of radical obedience, which was a call from a paid, I mean, this, you know, the logic of this, like, Text Joseph if you have a question, right? You know, and it's like, don't, don't send it to me. You know, <laughs> the logic of it is like, it's illogical, right? You have a family, you have a salary, you're doing God's work, and then God is calling you out to this state of radical trust with no, it's sort of like, and I will show you the, you know, he told Abraham, I'll show you where the land you will go. And Abraham yep. had a lot of stuff and a lot of relationships and a lot of responsibility and a lot of people depending on him. And he said, go by faith and I'll show you the rest, which is very much what this felt like for you. That's right. Yeah, at least very, it yeah. seemed as I read the book. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I truly, I got up every day and I, I would go to my table and I would go, okay, now what? Mm. And that was every day. And sometimes multiple times, because yeah. sometimes I would, Hey, go do this. I would go do it. And then I would come back and go, Okay, now what? Because, you know, whatever, sometimes he would ask me to go do things and I would be thinking, okay, that's going to generate money. (laughs) Sure, I've done that. It didn't multiple times. And so I was like, okay, now what? And so there was so much of that. Yeah, I I remember when we were stepping out to be missionaries and, um, and I would hang out with people and I'm like, oh, this person has a lot of money. They're going to support me. 
And oh, like, yes. whether they did or not, if they did, it was like 200 bucks, you know, or something. <laughs> just like, I need $45,000. You know, <laughs> it's just like, you just gave me 200 bucks. Thank you. That's you know, it's, it's like, but I mean, it was just sort of like, uh, I would never, every time I thought, oh, this will translate into, oh, God wants me to do this because he's going to provide. It never worked out that way. Never. And it, that could be from career and work as well. It's like, oh, God's going to do this. And that's it. like the, the, the speed at which we put money in our bank accounts on God's behalf is incredible. Yes. <laughs> so true. Um. Uh, but okay. So well, tell us a little bit about, um, so you went through the, you went through that time, you got kind of early on the same page. And, and how, what, what's your perspective now? Like, do you have, did God ever give you kind of any insight into like, Hey, I'm doing it this way because I'm working something out in you, or I'm working something out in her, or I'm working something out in the family, you know, kind of context sort of, cause that's sometimes what we miss. It's sort of like we step out in faith, unexpected things happen that seem to be uncharacteristic of God. Hey, if you're in this, why is this weird or hard or difficult or causing trouble? And then sometimes later on, he might say, hey, just here's some insight. You know, did that happen with, with you as to maybe, you know, why it's difficult or why I'm doing it this certain way? Not that he always gives it to us, but sometimes. Yeah. Great. As far the first thing that comes to my mind with that question. What was so funny is for 17 months, I did not work and he provided okay mm. and then i go work at steve paget danville honda selling cars and i start getting tempted to be stressed out and being fearful that i'm not going to be able to make money to provide for my family and, oh the and irony. I'm, what in the world am i doing <laughs> and yet that temptation kept coming and god's going i'm your provider here you know if i can do that i can easily send people to buy a car from you even though there's 15 and to 18 other salespeople. yeah i can send them directly to you just like i sent you the toilet paper that's like strong oh, yeah. word. <laughs> so it was just that reminder that hey i'm your provider period you know whether yeah. you have a job or don't have one i'm i'm your provider not mm. steve Paget. so yeah, that was a huge good. And it came, it, it, it seemed like it was harder when I was working, which is crazy. Yeah, that didn't even make <laughs> After sense. After 17 months. Gosh, that's, Lord, any insight on that would be great because I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, it's like when you have cash in hand or some means, it's like the, it's sort of like somehow we start to believing, oh, I'm responsible for this. That's I'm right. responsible my, in my education, my networks, my abilities, my talents, my everything is tied to this, to how money's going to come where God's like, no, none of that's going to tie to it. It's me right. providing for you. Don't believe your own press you know? <laughs> or, or bad press even. Right. That's true. Um, yeah. So Okay, I'm going to let you off the hook on the wife thing. So I got more questions. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Let's move on. 
<laughs> so one of the yeah. things that I, <laughs> yeah, I'm your friend. I'm being nice to you. The uh, one of the one of the things that um <laughs> one of the things that I read in your book that I was thought was really interesting, and this is actually you you say you actually got this from John Eldridge in uh, his book Walking with God, and it's talking about ask God clarifying questions. Yeah, that was a really powerful concept. Can you help us understand that a little bit more and like what that looked like for you and how that's helped you in discerning God's guidance? Um, so many things come to my mind, I, but I guess one of the first things that comes to my mind as far as trying to discern, you know, God wants that, you know, the way I like to say it is he wants an, an intimate, personal conversationally oriented, fun, loving relationship with me all day, not just on Sunday or some other religious holiday, but all day and not just all day, but all throughout each aspect of my day. And even into the night, I've been experiencing dreams like crazy and, and they've been coming true. And so it's like, whoa. And so because he wants me to engage in a very real conversation with him, hmm. uh, John's book so impacted me because I had never really done that. You know, I had prayed through my prayer list, you know, Hey, you're supposed to pray for these people and these people and pray for the leadership and pray for the, you know, but as far as talking to him, like you and I are talking back and forth and hearing his voice, just like you're hearing mine and I'm hearing yours. That wasn't something that I was doing really mm. ever. <laughs> and so this was truly a brand new experience to, engage relationally like this and really take a step of faith that he's right here in the room with me and I'm going to talk to him and he's going to answer. Hmm. And so, and he, and he wants me to enjoy this learning, you know, getting to know him. Right. So, you know, one of the things he highlighted was like, define the word trunk. I'm sorry. Define the word trunk that I'm currently thinking about. That that's what he told you. Yeah. Define the word trunk that I'm currently thinking. I'm like, so is it a tree? Is it uh, an elephant? Is it the car? Is it oh the trunk goodness. in my basement? And then it was like, no, it's none of that. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? It's swimming trunks. I'm like, what? So he, once again, he's like, I can say something, but I want you to talk to me about it so that you can really make sure you and I are on the same page. Oh boy. That's good. That's revelatory. That's huge. You know, you know, so, you know, I can hear God say, Hey, go do this. You know, like some, someone one Sunday came up to me and said, Joseph, I have a word for you. I said, okay, what's the word? And they said, Texas. And I had dear friends that just moved to Texas. And then the sermon that day, right? Because that was during meet and greet time. The sermon right after that was about a family that moved states to go preach the gospel. And people got saved. And ultimately, it impacted my senior pastor. So he's telling the story of how his family came to know Jesus. And I just got a word from somebody about Texas. My closest friends just left to go to Texas. So I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm we're moving to Texas. I'm moving off my street that my great grandparents <laughs> grew up on. God, this cannot be you. 
yes, this is not you. And so I go down to the altar and I'm crying because I don't want to go to Texas. Oh, gosh, this is a good story. Until everybody had emptied the sanctuary. And then one of my mentor, one of my mentors, Jerry Eeks, old guy in his 70s, I get up and there's the sanctuary is empty and he's standing right behind me. And he's like, what was that all about? I said, well, I, somebody just gave me a word and they said, Texas. And so I think I'm moving to Texas. And he says, you need to ask God some clarifying questions. <laughs> and so I took time to do that and come to find out it wasn't a geographic change. It, it, it dealt with the root word and what the word Texas means, which means to be surrounded by allies. And God, God said, that's where I want the whites, meaning my family. I want them surrounded by allies. And so I was like, oh, well, that's radically different than moving to Texas. Oh, He's my like, goodness. Yeah. That man. Have I not been the guy crying at the altar for the wrong thing? Holy cow. What a great story. Yes. I've been, I've done that. I've done yes. that. Uh, where you, and, and honestly, uh, the sad part is like, you know, I've been walking with God for a long time in my younger years. So twenties and thirties, we were in environments where, where prophetic was happening a lot. There wasn't a lot of maturity. There wasn't a lot of input. And so people are just doing crazy things. Oh, yes crazy things. I, I, in one situation, I had a, a, um, some prophet lady come to this girl who said something about rainbows and she saw a rainbow. And so she moved from England to where I lived because she was going to get married to me. And I was like, what, you know? And so there was like all this prophetic stuff. She kind of got in, integrated into our community. And then eventually she came to me and says, Hey, God's you know, here's all the prophetic swirl around that you and I are going to get married. And I was like, uh, heck we ain't, you know, I was, like, I was like, I'm not even close to interested in you. Like, where is this coming from? And this oh. is like, and she spent, you know, her, her, you know, inheritance money to get over here and all this stuff. And it was just like, totally wrong. Totally. You know, and yeah. that's a funny story. Not yep. for me, not for her, but you know, it's just like that. But I think there's a lot of Christians and well-meaning want to hear God Christians, right? Not, I don't want to put them in the wacko category because I don't want to be in the wacko category. They're well-meaning, good, Christians. you know, they want to follow God's voice. They want to follow the word, um, oh, yes. but they're off and, and they don't know, they don't understand elements that will help them bring clarity. And so that one's really good. Thank yeah. you. Oh, <laughs> that's a great one. I am. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm so grateful that God used John Eldridge's book because I've gone back to it multiple times. So, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put out some wisdom that somebody gave me recently. And I thought, you know what, this is solid. And, um, and, and so just, I'm going to put it out there and I'm just going to ask you to respond to it. And basically what they said was, there's, there's eight sort of steps of wisdom when you're trying to discern God's guidance, okay? Uh, and one of them is the persuasion of the Spirit, which is what we're talking about. You just, the, the Holy Spirit in you, the voice of God, it is just alive. It seems to be dreams. It's all pointing in a certain direction. And I think that's a lot of, a lot of times what I highlight on the show, 
uh, is, hey, give me testimonies of some amazing stuff that the persuasion of the spirit that God kind of initiated by his Holy Spirit. And then providential circumstances. Oh, awesome. This heard this from the spirit. Now look at how circumstantially all these things are lining up. They're kind of coming into play. I'm like, okay, that's, that could be evidence, a peace of God, you know, Colossians 3.13, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. You know, there, there's a peace, um, pers persistent prayer, right? It's not, um, Hey, I, I heard this and I'm moving tonight. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you actually take time to persist and pray and discern and, and, and treat it with reverence, you know, instead of just being like, no, I know there's immediacy words, uh, where you got to respond and God's impressing you to respond quickly. But, but that doesn't mean all of his guidance is like, there's a, a room for persistent prayer, a couple more precepts in the Bible, right? So just the general precepts, the Bible verses, you know, that's like aligned to the scripture, personal evaluation. Uh, he, uh, this guy highlighted second Timothy two, uh, seven, where it talks about having a sound mind. And so the idea that a lot of times I've learned kind of been of the mindset that if you get persuaded of the spirit, throw out logic, throw out your thinking, throw out pros and cons, throws out, throw out your mind completely because the spirit's moving and just flow with that river and let the wind blow and all the other charismatic stuff and worship stuff. So, um, but, but God has given us a mind and, and to not use it is unwise. And so personal evaluation of maybe what God's doing, pros and cons, that kind of thing, two others, perceptive counsel. So this is a community around you saying, huh, really, Texas, you really think that maybe you should ask and clarify, you know, so a community around you. So if you're Mr. or Mrs. I hear God and I'm in an isolated bubble, watch out. That's right. right? Watch out because you are in danger. And that is not typically how God guides. He guides in community. He will speak to an individual, but the community, not all the time, but will uh, likely the, the trusted wise counsel that God's put in your life would be like, yeah, I think God's in that. Um, and if you're having your whole world around you say, and there'll be naysayers, they'll be like, you're crazy. That's stupid. Don't do that. There are always naysayers. But if oh, yes. your trusted counsel is, is on board, you can have a lot of naysayers say that's ridiculous and be like, well, I, I still think it, it's a good thing. Last one is uh, prudent timing. You know, and the idea that there's that that there's um, God has a time for things, right? There's a there's a season to respond. There's a window that is open. There is a time, um, and so anyway, that's a lot. You know, the kind of package in getting God's guidance. You want to respond to any of that? Have you found any of those pieces helpful in in discerning God's guidance? You know, once again, whereas all of them are important. For me, the thing that God has used, I would say the most, the thing that's been the most powerful for me is I will ask, I'll be working through something and asking God a very, very specific question. And then I'll take time just to pray in the spirit. And then I'll ask him this question, where can I read in your word that will help me find the answer that you want me to have. Ooh, that's and, a good question. And so many times where I'm like I said, struggling, wrestling, or I just need to know the answer. And as I said, I'll stop praying the spirit and then I'll just ask him the question and then wait for him to answer. And then he'll give me a passage of scripture. And there's so many times 
he'll give me a reference and I'm going, I don't know what that reference is. I, you know, I don't have that passage memorized. I don't remember the stories there. And I will read the exact answer to my question. And as I said, I've got, you know, (laughs) plenty of journal entries where I just asked the question and he answered and he answered with scripture. And so then I would get into the story and come to find out the whole context. You know, I, I didn't just have a slice of the answer. The entire context dealt with the context that I was walking through. (laughs) And a phrase inside of that story that was the exact answer to the exact question I asked. And so that's when I'm going, you are amazing. (laughs) I'm like, wow, I don't want to ever stop living like this. I want to do this for everything. Like, where do you want me to go eat tonight? Because you might want to to the, a person that I'm going to be able to bless in such a way that as a result, they're going to come to know you. you. You see what I'm saying? It causes me to think different about everything I do. Yeah. that. So for listeners, just in case you weren't aware, that was absolutely worth the price of admission. You're welcome. That was awesome. That was so great. You can take that to the bank. Like that is such a great use of how to discern God's will. It really helps. Uh, that was awesome, man. I'm so excited. Hey, I want to I <laughs> end with uh, this one story that I just thought was so profound and interesting. And, uh, and that is this. Um, you were getting a sense in 2019, uh, you kept getting this word that something was going to change, something was going to shift, even to the point where you were telling your children about it. And, and can you just share a little bit about what that was what the context was, and then ultimately, you know, what the result was. I just found it to be such a fascinating, uh, one of the stories in your book. Yeah, the the short part of it is actually in 2018 for, um, I think it was in, yeah, September 2018, I read a prophetic word from a lady by the name of Lana Vosser from Australia. And she said something about, 2019, you know, and she used the word, everything is going to change and stuff like that. And, you know, because I read all the time, I read a lot of stuff. and I read a lot of prophetic words and sometimes I'll read them and I'm going, there's nothing there, or at least for me. Right. And I read that one. The Lord said, this one is absolutely the truth. And you need to embrace it and you need to start telling everybody. And I was like, tell everybody, what do you mean? (laughs) He's like, start telling your girls that something is coming that is going to change everything. And when he said everything was like, what I saw was the word everything in all caps, bold, underline, exclamation points. And I was like, okay. And so I started telling them, I said, and I started actually in late December, probably November, December, because I, it kept getting stronger and stronger. And he kept saying, start telling them something that's coming that's going to change everything. And so <clears throat> I just started telling them. And then he kept adding to it. And so I said, something's coming that's going to change everything. So much so that when you girls, when you're 66 years old and you're rocking your grandkids and talking to them about Jesus, you're going to point back to this time frame when everything changed for you. And it was going to be in this season 
that God started something in you personally that has only gotten bigger, better, greater, more since then. And so I, I told him every month, January 2019, February, March, April, May, and then we get to June. And my youngest daughter at the time, Lauren, she was 14. She writes a Father's Day card to me and she makes a paragraph about this whole thing of me telling her something that's coming that's going to change everything. And so I still have that Father's Day card. And then we go through the rest of the year and everything didn't change in 2019 here. And so at the last week of December, I pull my, I pull my girls aside and I apologize to them. And I said, Hey, um, I missed it. You know, I thought I was hearing God that something was coming that was going to change everything. And I said, and here we are at the end of 2019 and everything hasn't changed the way God told me it was going to. So please forgive me. Forgive me for setting you up for unmet expectations and telling you God said this when clearly he didn't because everything hasn't changed to the level that I thought that he had communicated to me. And then fast forward to uh, March and, you know, President Trump makes the announcement that we're getting ready to do a lockdown. And then that new song by, uh, I think it was Elevation and Cody Carnes um, comes out, uh, The Blessing. And I'm sitting at my table and I hear that song and I'm like, wow, what a song. Yeah, that's amazing. And the Lord says, do you remember what you told your girls all last year? And I said, yeah. And he said, this is that. Meaning this lockdown and what is coming, that this is that. What you told them, this next season is where everything is getting ready to change. And this is going to be the season that I begin to do things in them that 50 years from now is still going to be impacting them greatly. And, um, and so it was like, and when he told me, I jumped up from the table and they were all in the kitchen. So I run in there. I'm like, guess what? They were like, what? I said, God just spoke to me. And he said that this, what, whatever's coming, this is that what I told you all in 2019. And they're like, Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, but I'm like, no, he just told me that this is that whatever this is, is coming. It, this is the season. And, and they're just like, oh, okay, what's for lunch? <laughs> I, love it. I love it. But, you know, but, but as you, as we've lived out, um, you know, everything uh, did change. Absolutely. And was even, Worldwide. I guess, one all thing that was really powerful is God told me to drive to my senior pastor's house at New Life. And I was like, well, I can just, I'll just text him. No, no, no. I want you to drive to his house and tell him this. I was like, well, I'll just call him. And I heard the Lord say, no, drive to his house and tell him this. And this was right after the announcement from President Trump. And so I called Pastor Jim and I said, "Um, are you at home? He said, yes. I said, the Lord told me I need to come to your house and tell you something. And he said, okay, come on. So I get to his house and I said, this is going to be extremely brief, but the Lord told me to tell you this, that whatever this is that's coming, this is all designed to simply stop the anointing that, has, that is being poured out worldwide. That's what this is. Whatever this is that's coming is designed to try to stop the anointing that's being poured out worldwide. And so the Lord told me to come and tell you that. So have a great day. <laughs> oh, boy. 
So what's interesting is we saw that yeah, they tried to shut the church down and so many other things. And so it, once again, it was another beautiful thing of, okay, God, is that you telling me? Sure. Is that real? You know, right. only time will tell. Yeah. And so now time has told. And so it's great because as I said, my, my, my daughters are beginning to now hear the Lord for themselves. Yeah. And that's like, yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yes, you, you can have this type of relationship and you can get to know God better than you know me. You know, you know, my voice, even when I disguise my voice, they're like, Oh dad, quit, quit trying to disguise your voice. We know it's you on the phone yeah. trying to pretend to be somebody else. I'm like, that's what I mean. You can get to know God so well, girls, that you can discern even when Satan's trying to disguise himself as an angel of light. And that excites me so much. So. Oh, that's so good, man. Well done taking the risk, right? I think the Lord obviously had been forging in you in 2010 and 11 and 12 and through those years to where when you have a word like that, I mean, that is a very risky kind of like, yeah, everything, like everything, you know, every it's like, what do you, what is it? The Noah's flood. And it's like, no, it's called COVID and, <laughs> and it's going to affect the entire world. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, and, and it's almost too much to believe. Think about that. At, yeah. Well, you knew, right. I mean, it's like you, nobody. And so anyway, and, and what's so great about this is I remember when, um, when it happened, I was like, this happened around the world. God must have told somebody. And I never heard many people say stuff like, you know, seeing, you know, people have masks on their face and all this other stuff. And so I just get excited when I said, oh, God was speaking, you know, before beforehand. And this is just a yet another evidence that God knows. God knows. And uh, man, it's so that's what an awesome story joseph you're the best man you can come back if oh. you want. <laughs> that's a, hey thank you the opportunity it's it's uh it is special talking about the beautiful work that the lord is doing all day every day and at night and i love like i said i love how he is transforming my family and yeah so good so pick up uh his book uh discerning god's guidance at amazon and look out for his next one which you're working on now. Yes, yes, that's correct. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Hey, if you did like it, it would be really helpful if you want to send us a review over on iTunes. That would be really cool. And if you want to connect, go over to Instagram, search Troy Mangum or The Kindling Fire, and we can connect there, and that would be a great way to kind of stay in touch. I am doing a YouTube channel, so we do video formats of these podcasts, and we'd love to have you look there. Okay, guys, until next time, be awesome.